Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Joining me today is Sherry Paulson. She is a senior director at the Center for Career Development at Babson's Graduate School of Business. Sherry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Deepak. I hope I hope you and your family are safe during these times. Yes, thank you for asking, and I hope everyone on the call is safe as well. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Sherry, the purpose of this podcast, as you might know, is to shine a light on interesting jobs and careers. I feel that networking now has come to a stop uh, during the pandemic, and this podcast is my effort in keeping that ongoing and having some semblance of normalcy, at least with regards to networking. And, you know, as a VP of CCD Relations, like we've worked close, you know, we work very closely uh, at Babson. And um, I just think the students have a lot to learn from you, from your experiences. Well, thank you for having me here. And Deepak, we do work closely together. So I think that I can see you as a student and also as a great podcaster because I've been following you as well. Thank you so much. So Sherry, just for everyone listening out there, could you just briefly describe, so what exactly do you do? So what I exactly do is, and being in charge of career services for the grad school at Babson, um, I wear multiple hats. One is to be able to make sure our students can be as successful as possible uh, by providing job search um, tips, successes, practice, to make sure that the bar is raised and they can be as competitive as possible. So that's the career education component. And I have a wonderful team that has many years of experience and works directly with the students to make sure they can compete and be successful. The second is I act as a bridge with employers and make sure that we have relationships with alums and employers that not only can educate students about different fields, but also have openings at the same time. And then the third is I need to be a strategic bridge between the external world, which are employers, and our faculty to make sure we're always talking about what's the most relevancy that needs to be in the classroom and what the employer's needs are to make sure we're minimizing any gaps. So one, one follow-up question I had to this was, how do you, you keep yourself up to date? What, what are some of the resources that uh, you use to know what's going on? There's a lot of ways. Um, I think people will be surprised when I say the students is one of them. So if we listen to our students, we're actually getting the theme of what seems to be hot and what's not hot. I have a board that I set up specifically of employers of talent acquisitions people for grad CCD at Babson. And they tell us directly where are the gaps and where do we need to keep pivoting. So this board not only will meet with our students when they come on during uh, campus time, but they meet with faculty and my team on very directed questions about those skills and those gaps. And the last is I'm part of a consortium group of local business schools with people that do like what I do. And um, although I think that Babson is unique, there are themes that we can share amongst those different schools that talk about what's hot and what's not hot. So our ear to the ground is critical on supply chain and analytics and all the things virtually now that are changing. So we have to know what's the best for our Babson students so that they can be successful. That's great. But what's, what's led you up to this job? What, what have your previous experiences been? So it's interesting, when I got my master's in counseling psych from Boston College, I wasn't sure which 
population of working with people would make a difference for me. So I learned by doing my own internships. And one that really struck with me is on career specialties. I ended up working with an organization on how to help women re-enter into the market space, into the corporate world. And I actually had to find internships for these women. And I thought, this is really interesting. This whole career field is interesting. So I ended up going right into the search business where I was specializing in placing finance people. But early in my career, not only was I in the career management space, but I was managing teams and running that business sector. Then I shifted from there into the outplacement world. Again, career management, yeah. coaching executives that lost their jobs. So now I was in charge of multiple groups of people that were providing career services and I was working with the executives and partnering with the salespeople when they were calling on these companies to make sure they thought of the firm keystone to keep going forward. So I've always been in a role where I've been in a career management coaching place, but I like to make impact and touch the business and the strategy that goes with that and build teams and work behind the scenes on operations. So like in my role at Babson, I do that same thing, but now with a population of Deepaks of the world, you know, people that are coming after a dream and often looking to pivot. So it's right in my space, but I like the business side that's behind it as well. What I like is like you, you seem very happy with your job, you know, it's for you, it doesn't seem like it's just a job, but I think seeing the effect that your job can have, seeing the change, um, it, it, it just looks like you, it, you're, you're very driven that way. Are well, there, are there, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you're, I think that if you talk to many people today, they want to make a difference, right? And that's defined very differently from person to person. So making a difference for me is about helping somebody get an aha moment yeah. or making a difference for the business or bridging people together so that can make a difference for them. So I need to be, I needed to be in worlds where I could see and, um, and feel that impact. And I've been able to have that in those three different major hats that I wore in three different organizations for a period of time. And, and how, how long have you been working here at Epson now? So I'm just about coming on my 10 years. <laughs> And before that, I was 20 years with an outplacement firm where I was the seventh employee and then it's grown significantly. So I grew with it and got to make that kind of impact. And the same thing in the search firm that I was with for eight years. So here I am a person coaching people on career changing and I've only worked for three companies, but I've worn <laughs> multiple hats in that specialty play of career management. Over 30 years of, of uh, work experience. Yeah, don't count my age though. <laughs> No, no, that's that. That's great. Do you any any favorite memories from from any of the jobs or your current job? Um, one of the things at Babson when I first joined that was really exciting for me was when Babson six years ago probably was thinking about to start in the analytics space. Not a lot of people were in the analytics space in terms of a degree or a concentration, and I worked very closely with faculty, and they were very open. For me to to have employers come into the room and share where the pain points were and it was so early in the analytics space that employers didn't even know how to fill these searches because there was no talent 
And I kept saying to Babson, this is a winning horse. This is a yeah. winning horse. A supply demand. This is a winning horse. And I was bringing a lot of people together and I didn't know if it was going to work. How would the faculty people feel when you're bringing employers in the room talking about curriculum? How would yeah. the employers work with faculty? And so that model of bridging the external world with the internal world of Babson was really, really fun for me. And we quickly launched a concentration and it's evolved into a, a full-time master's program as well. And that was like six years ago, seven years ago, something like that, when it was earlier in my time with Babson. And I, I loved putting all of those pieces together and being in an environment that was open for doing that. It, it just seemed like there would have been a more uh, I think direct approach, right? For like supply and demand, what employers are looking for, what colleges can provide. But I, but I think you're right. When it's something different, there's always a little bit of hesitation on how do we approach it, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, but I think you know, following up to that question, what 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 are the backgrounds for people going into the career services field? So when I hire people to join mm -hmm. my team, I look for a couple of different things. One is I need to know that they've been exposed or have been in industry or broad industries so they understand the job market, right? Because we're talking to people that want to go into marketing, we're talking to people with supply chain and analytics and, and finance. So people have to have been around the block to understand the industries or the growing industries. People that come from um, a talent acquisition space inside a company, is a good background to shift into this world. People that have been in the search business, so they're headhunters or the placement world, is also a good background. People that have been in outplacement, like I described, where you work with executives that have lost their jobs, they're still doing career coaching. So I feel like any world where you're where giving advice and consultation to people looking for padding in their careers and you know enough about industry, I'm always open for different backgrounds as long as they have that theme. And they have to care about making a difference with people. They cannot go through the motions because yeah. people will see right through that and they're not gonna feel special. And that's why I like when you said to me, like I'm a, I get excited when I talk about this yeah. because I really do believe a simple aha along the way of someone's career journey can make a big difference forever. That's that's a good feeling, and and that's not something which is very unique also to the career services field, right? I think having what I would call like soft skills, like empathy or just people skills. Um, I think I think that's something you know we learn at Babson also, which is applicable wherever you go work. You you can't just be you know qualified through a degree. You also need to be able to communicate effectively, show empathy, and uh, I think just kind of get along with people, right? Build relationships, right? Build relationships, there you go, yeah. Any job, any job, if you build relationships, there's forgiveness in the good times and forgiveness in the tough times, right? Because you already yeah. have trust and you have a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, speaking of career services still, um, how, how, how has career services adjusted to COVID, to, the, to our current situation? So speaking of the tough times, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we, we went, 100% virtual in about two weeks. And the, the piece I was most con I'm concerned about a couple of things. One is in early March, critical hiring time for both internships and full time, how are we going to keep our students engaged that they're part of the community 
and that they didn't just fall off the radar. That was one. The second was we were slated to do a career fair the first week of April, and I did not want that to fall apart. So I'm gonna address, let me address that one first and I'll go backwards. So the career fair, um, we ended up doing a virtual career fair and a lot of those tools were brand new. They're all popping up everywhere now, but a lot of those tools were brand new and I'll do a shout out to my friends at Brazen because I thought they did a terrific job because they were building while they were talking to us. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that our students were prepared how to be at a virtual career fair, that the companies were secured, and my colleague Jay Roby and his, our other colleagues did a terrific job of securing and holding on to enough employers, and wanted to make sure that students feel like we didn't forget about them. And it was really successful. It wasn't perfect, but it was really successful. And people got hired from it. But what people cared about, I think, the most that I got feedback from the students was that we didn't forget about them and we tried. Yeah, and we made it, a difference and we tried. And now it, we're moving in lots of different virtual spaces for that. It was very last minute, I will say that. And, and I, I do think you all did a very good job. Um, because traditionally, you all have a lot more time to plan these things, right? Yeah, we do. But just, I think, you know, like three weeks you had or something like that, just you had something to. Something like that. And we had yeah, like 400 yeah. chats happen with our students and the employers were great. And and uh, we were in the war room and we could tell people move from this line to that line. And we just learned a lot. But yeah, the other thing that, yeah, that, that I really got concerned about you. was engagement, you know? Mm -hmm. And we set up these job search sprints that were these job search teams of students of maybe six, seven, six or seven students in a team with a facilitator mm -hmm. from my group. And people that graduated in 2020 and people that were graduating in 2021. And we, we tried a pilot. We ended up doing 20 of these teams, touching more than 120 students. And they met multiple weeks in a small group and people were getting jobs because they were accountable and they had momentum and they were part of structure with a community. It was amazing. We will be doing that again. I, I attended one of these uh, behavioral interview sprints. And I for me, at least, you know, it really helped with uh, just being ready. You know, when you, when you talk to other people from your class and it's a very open discussion, um, it, it just puts you in a very positive mindset because the kind of feedback that you're getting from, you know, your peers is, is very constructive. And I, I think for me, for me, that was that was really, really good. So um, what what skill sets do you think are going to be in demand and how can we students best prepare for that going um, forward? So analytics is still in demand. There's no doubt about it because it's mm -hmm. continually changing. I think supply chain is going to be in demand more than ever as companies start to heal because they have to plug back into their market space. And is there a demand? Do they need to shift? And do they have the supply that needs it? So, so some of these more technical roles are going to be in, in demand. I also think that, I know at Babson uniquely, we teach people how to think entrepreneurially. We call it ETNA, Entrepreneurial Thought in Action. But yeah. there's some embedded skills underneath ETNA. And those skills are, are really needed by companies that have gone through more change than ever because of the pandemic. And that's the ability to deal with ambiguity. It's really messy out there right now. Yeah. Deal with ambiguity, deal with the ability to pivot and adjust 
and be an entrepreneurial leader, someone that can move organizations forward and communicate and pivot and adjust and deal with ambiguity. So for anybody out there listening, you know, you don't have to have gone to Babson, but if you think about where's the pain with companies and what have you personally learned from the pandemic of how you're approaching your own search or dealing inside your own company, I guarantee you, you've had to deal with ambiguity, you've had to pivot, and you've had to lead in some ways that are entrepreneurially, maybe even out of your comfort zone. And I think employers are going to be refreshed to hear Val's kind of comments mm -hmm. because they're living in it. What, what, what do you think Babson does that is so unique in, in attracting entrepreneurs? Because you have so many colleges now that, that teach entrepreneurship, right? The course. Right. And Babson consistently is, you know, right, like number one. And, and, and what is it, I think, oh, what, what is it that you think uh, draws students to Babson? You spoke a little bit about ETNA, right? So I'm just yeah. Uh, yeah. building that. Yeah. Um, I think that what is unique is not only are we defining entrepreneurship broader than just startups, although we have many students that use entrepreneur learning into startups, but entrepreneurial learning into the innovation hubs inside companies. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking the language to a company, you can say entrepreneurship, but everybody is trying to innovate. And so the fact that Babson teaches people how to think in every class, you're not signing up for an entrepreneurship class. You're yeah. taking many classes that are saying, how are you learning how to pivot? How are you learning how to deal with ambiguity? How are you learning how to be an entrepreneurial leader in every class that you're taking? I think that's why we're number one. And I think that's why we attract we attract a different breed of students. They're always like, what can be done? They're scrappy, you know? And queer services has to be scrappy too. Like Deepak, you've been by my side for the last couple of months. We yep. just keep saying, what could we do? How could this work? Turn things on its head. And so um, I think that, I think it's a skill set that can be successful for, for many people, not just the types of people that Babson's attracting, but just be thinking about what could be. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. It's, uh, I guess to summarize it, it's, it's thinking of entrepreneurship as, as, as a way of thinking, right? Right. Um, and you can apply it wherever you want, not just in your own business, but also if you get a job and always question how things are done, why they're done that way and look for improvements. Exactly. That's what I've learned at least at Babson, right? Like, yeah. how do we keep making things better? Yeah. Um, so and as, I think uh, about people that might go into career services today, mm -hmm. I think that the um, that world is just changing. It has to pivot. We have yeah. to be able to add value. We have to be able to know what's going on in the market. We have to be able to build communities virtually and help people feel that they are special and that they're known, even though we may not be able to see you face-to-face -face on campus. Sometimes we will, and we have a hybrid going forward, and sometimes we won't. And and how does career services make a difference for lifelong career learning? It's a journey forever. People's careers don't just end when they leave Babson. So where can career services make a difference, not just from when people are thinking about coming to college, but through their senior years when they're alums? And I feel like that that's a, a, a career services coming forward faster to be a pivotal group inside colleges. Hey, what, what advice would you give to, to students at Babson right now? Grad students, you know, 
what 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 would your advice be right now for us? Um, we teach a lot about how to tell your story mm -hmm. and how to pivot your story depending on the listener. So I think that students need to really think, what do you bring to the table that the market cares about? Not what you want to do all the time, but what is it that you do well that's special that the market is interested in today? And how do you tell and prove that story so that you can stand out and be different and build a relationship and keep that networking going and, and be able to tell who you are with a, with a passion? I think that's one. I think the second one I would say is um, be smart about the pain in companies so you can go and solve a problem. And if the marketplace is feeling tight for you and you're unemployed right now, don't push for full-time opportunities. Look for projects that solve problems because then they're more apt to fall in love and create an opportunity. Companies are really skittish about what they can commit to right now, but they still have work that needs to be done. So if you come forward and you pitch a problem to be solved and you say, let's try this out for two months, you get more experience, and you might have an opportunity to get high, hired. Right, uh, Shreya, that's great advice. And uh, honestly, thank you so much for doing this podcast, you know, for taking time out. I know you're busy uh, with everything that's going on right now. And I really appreciate you coming onto this podcast and providing insights and just, you know, I, th I think this is good for the students. I think it, it helps us to learn about what actually goes on behind the scenes. It goes on behind the scenes, people interested in the career management space and people that are doing any kind of career journey, either inside their company or outside. It's just really important to get your arms around that. And this is a lot of fun, Deepak. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we can have a follow-up uh, session soon. You got it. Yeah. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.